uh, we're live. We'll do our usual thing of waiting for a few people to get on board. It was a late decision this afternoon to decide to jump on board and have a, another pubcast. Got Corin and myself here tonight. Mertz uh, compromised with family duties and um, two young kids. Don't need to really say much more if you've got two young kids, really. <laughs> Good evening, Derek. How you going, mate? We decided to do a... Um, oh, shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've already commented on that shirt, Jay. Jay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it might not have been Jay. Wasn't Jay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'll find the, uh, I'll the find the scum. We <laughs> never went. Took Corrin about five minutes to get the It didn't take me five there. minutes. I noticed it fucking <laughs> straight away. It just took me five minutes to bring it up. Five I was wondering whether up. I was being set up or not, and I was. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> I just turned it off. I've got this little heater in I've got to turn the thing off. It's too fucking warm in this room. Jay's, Jay's got it all right. You weren't there. You shouldn't have it. <laughs> oh, come off it. I was yeah. there in spirit. Been there, got the T-shirt. The saying goes, you just got the T-shirt. That's different. Uh, well, you know, it's not who you know. It's who you root. I mean, wristies and the rest of it. <laughs> hey, Keisha. How are you? Yeah, Julianne. Our regular Julianne's on here. Chiming in right by the time. Oh, g'day, Carl. How are you around. going, mate? Who's there? Oh, yeah, look at that. Fucking heaps of people. Heaps of people. Welcome to Glenn. Lockdown Down Under. Yes. Yeah, Andrew Smith's right. Yes. I was booked to go. Then my wife my wife decided it was time to have um, surgery. So, yes. It would have been like my, my last like interstate trip too. Oof, that would have been cool. Yes. I had the other Kev there. Yeah, the other Kev. He's a bit quieter. I don't know. Not as cool as me. Kev, who? Kev. It's Kev. Kev from... Mm, was was there room for him? The other Kev? Kev Room? Was oh, Kevin Kev Room. room? Oh, of course he was there. I didn't call him Kev. <laughs> it's Kevin Room. He's, he's more dignified than you. He's not <laughs> Kev. He's dignified, Kevin. Dignified, Kevin. He's a Kevin. I'm yes, only Kevin, Kevin when I'm in trouble. Kevin. Yes. So anyway, here we are, knife making down under, and we're talking shit again. So we're going to talk about something tonight. Uh, I just don't know what it is, and neither does neither does um. What do you know? No. We 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 weren't going to do anything, and then we said, "Well, let's just do something." So here we are. Um, we had a pretty good guild um, tech talk last night from young uh, Jackson Rumble. Really nice presentation on mosaic and feather damascus and fishmouth worlds which was pretty cool so that was pretty good um what have you been doing knife making wise you can hear tell us about your hearing yeah yeah current and i were having a little bit of a chat offline uh before the before we went live and it was that one of those cool but gross stories um i've had really badly blocked ears uh for a few weeks now, and I've, I've really owe it to the people that have lost their hearing or hearing impaired because, man, what a shit fight for me and the family because apparently I had the TV volume so loud that they were, like, cringing, but I could barely hear it. Um, good excuse not to listen to my wife for two weeks, um, but I think I'm out of that now. Uh, so I went to a clinic, uh, which I've been to before, and 
they delayed the nice nurse there. Um, they used to use this pulsing water jet to, to clean out the ears and they moved to this high-tech suction device. Um, and when the nurse at the walk-in centre had a go at it, she was like, I, I can't believe it. It won't move. It, it's like solid. It's like metal. It's even shining. And I was like, oh, yeah, I work, you know, I work with metal. I stick earbuds in my ears, uh, earplugs in my ears all the time. And she goes, I just can't make a dent in this thing. She goes, oh, we'll have to go to this other clinic to specialise in it. I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, she was nice enough, really nice lady, booked me an appointment. Um, and then I was told to use drops to loosen it all up. And I'd go deeper, which was not good. Anyway, I went to this clinic and the first lady that had a go managed just to get small holes through the blockage so that I could use more drops. That's like in half an hour. So then I had a, had a week of putting these drops in and going up to my workshop every day and just cleaning out like crazy loads of black earwax. It was, it was pretty sick. And then I went there for my next appointment this morning thinking that there was just going to be like a two-minute job and it was another half an hour and it managed to clear out most of it, but it's very close to the eardrum. So I got to put more drops in for another week and then go back. But I was watching her as she sort of the suction thing, it gets stuck and she'd just bring it out and pump some more water through. And it was just, yeah, pretty, pretty gross. And she said they were like, like still majorly blocked. I didn't tell her that I probably removed half a teaspoon of earwax out. But it's that funny thing when you get your ears clean, if you've ever had it, people, no, I didn't get any photos. <laughs> I should have done. <laughs> I'll take some photos from cotton buds. That's what I said. I'd be checking it out. I want to see the pile. I want to see oh, what I came was, out. No, I was watching, I was sort of grabbing a glance at this tube thing. She kept having to suck water through to clear it out. So it wasn't pretty. Um, but yeah, so um, that, no. that sensation. I'm with Keisha. No pictures. It didn't happen. That sensation, though, when you get them clean, they must have been blocked from like properly blocked for months because when I got home my dog followed me into the garage and we got the concrete floor and I could hear his like his nails clicking on the floor in the car I was at the point where I was driving I thought it was a hybrid car it was it was like I couldn't hear the diesel engine at all and my car now seems like the noisiest place to be um yeah you know, everything's been noisy my keys are noisy uh, I turn the volume right down. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, Corey. <laughs> they don't use water anymore, though. They just, they just suction it out. It's pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, I've got another. I can hear pretty well now, which is, which is awesome. Now I actually have to consider doing um, the um, PPE because I, I was, didn't have to for the last week. I couldn't hear anything. David, why, why does your wife hate me? Because I can hear a new car. <laughs> David Heron. Yeah, David uh, Heron. I don't know. Maybe because... Or is it just like most people hate me? <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I could give her a few reasons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's good anyway. You got that sorted out. You've been making anything? What are you working on? You finished that sword yet? No, I've grounded that. I've done the initial grinds in it. Yeah. But I'm up to that strange stage now where I've got to work out what I want, how to heat treat it. Oh, because it's W2 yeah, right. and I want to get a, try and get a Hamon on there. Um, 
I, I want to, my forge isn't long enough. I've got a hole at the end of the forge, um, but it's not, it's not long enough. So I've got to either try and just get that 800 odd degrees in there and just, you know, bodge it a bit, or I've got to seek someone else that's got a um, vertical forge or something. Um, From him? Yeah, with the lockdowns and stuff, it's just a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah, you can't do it. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to tidy it up a little bit. Um, I just did it all freehand. I managed to get reasonably nice grinds on there, reasonably even. I was pretty happy with it. Um, so that's that's made a little bit of progress. And I've got a couple of orders that um, I'm just getting through at the moment. Um, some W2 stuff. So I've spent a lot of time um, just getting you know, acid etching ferric. Uh, Hamons and stuff up because I've been making these last lot of knives out of W two. Yeah, yeah fair that. And and yeah, yeah. So that's that's where that big sword is. Um, I'm going to be finishing off a Damascus cleaver tomorrow. That's a nice nice one. That's going to have a handle of desert uh, Arizona desert ironwood with a bit of mammoth ivory in it. Um, and what else? Oh, I've got a heap of stuff on the bench, but I've just been doing. Um, because I've got a bit more time because I'm not teaching the classes at the moment, I was talking to Corin off air, I'm trying not to stress out about stuff that we have no control over, i.e. being told we're locking down and, and cancelling courses. And everyone's good about it. So I'm just taking that time now to, you know, go through the workshop while I don't have it. Whilst I don't have that excuse of not having time, I'm going in there and going, right, what have what I been meaning to fix for ages? And one of them I just put up on my Instagram was the, and I think I put it on the knife making down under page was the um, dust extraction stuff. Yeah. So I was working out last time I had the dust extractor bolted on underneath the belts and it was getting a good amount of dust in there, but not a great amount of dust. Um, you know, it was, a, it was, a, it was better than it was initially. And then I was uh, at Bunnings and, getting some um, screws and stuff and it just the light bulb moment flickered because I walked past the draw runners and so I went and got some angle iron and some and these draw runners and a bunch of screws and stuff and what I've done underneath the 84 shopmate 80, uh, shop 48 is I put a piece of angle under where he's already got the holes in I just drilled some 10 mil holes and used some um, wing nut bolts and stuff and then I've screwed on the draw runner mechanism and then screwed on the um, dust collector mechanism in that too. So I can actually pull it under the wheel uh, and then push it away. Uh, and nice. because it's now going straight down and not trying to suck like in on the 90 degree, it's actually all the dust is going through rather than most of the dust. So what I've got to Excellent. do with that now is just make some lids. I've got some offcuts of um, or old pieces of G10 from, from those buys where we um, had the grey stuff, where you got free grey uh, free grey kydex, sorry. Oh, yeah, I have heaps <laughs> of that. Yeah, so I've got some grey kydex. I'm going to actually like mould Three pallets of that. Yeah, I'm going to mould some lids for the stuff so it stops the sparks getting in there. But, um, you know, it, it, was a ghetto, it was a ghetto job because I just wanted to get it done and test it out. And it, works, it actually works better than I thought it would, so I'm pretty pretty stoked with it. Uh, Andrew wants to know what knife I'm playing with. So um, why don't we just have a little competition in the comments for my, that's my everyday, my everyday carry. I'm not going to show you too much, but that's what I carry. Um, yeah. Normally. I know what it is. I'm not saying anything. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. 
You've got one. Oh, you've got, got I think one. You've got a different one. <laughs> I've got a different one, but it's Similar. same but different. Similar. Different, but same. same but different, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's what I've been doing in the workshop and cleaning the shit up. My workshop, oh, right now, I shouldn't actually say it because it doesn't look yeah. green. But, it's um, not a leak. It's close, though, Stephen. You're very close. It's not the leak. Kev's got the leak. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. I love it. I love it. Great. Yeah, keep going. Corridor. I just say my workshop... Um, hasn't really looked cleaner. I'm, I'm like so I've had shit sitting in the same spot for months and just put up with it because I'm in and out of there so often it just becomes the norm. So I've moved everything around, uh, you know, cleaned up the space, put a few more shelves in, put a few more storage things in, actually cleaned my mill and put hydraulic fluid into the um, XY axis runner. So it moves a lot nicer now. <laughs> that was a nice little tip from uh, Matt McVicker too about putting the hydraulic fluid in there. There's another name for the fluid they use for the for keeping that stuff running nicely. He yeah, said yeah. just use. He said just use hydraulic fluid. Should and be right. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's bloody fantastic actually. So um, Andrew's going with some metal spidey, maybe a Delica. Sorry, no hole. <clears throat> no. no. No hole. No hole. No spidey. No. No spidey hole. Yeah, Stephen Eats was very, very close with the leak. Very close. Yeah. Now, no. um, with everything that's going on in the world today, one of the things that we have to talk about is the Knife Art Association and the bringing back in a monumental way Not a of the um, KAA raffles. So we've got a new, the newest, latest raffle that's up and running is an absolute blitzer. And you've got um, two shopmate grinders as first and second prize, and then two 500, well, individually, third and fourth prize are Five hundred dollar Gamaco vouchers. Yeah, there's um, uh, Artisan Supplies is um, well, Knife Art Association's raffling off the grinders. Dead set, um, get into it, guys. It's the the, the cheapest grinder you might not win. Yeah, but, but but get in and support the Knife Art Association. We've done our shirts again on trying to run shows with <laughs> them being cancelled. Um, it's it's, it's know, just so sad. Paid for <laughs> paying for advertising, yeah. paid for everything else. You just got to, um, we just got to get behind it, and we got to, we got to raise the funds, guys, to keep the keep the show on the road, so that when we can, yeah. when we can have the shows, then then we still exist. It's um, yeah. it's a, we it's gave, a tough we situation. Gave a good hard hit. No, I saw something in the comments. I think it was, you know, about knife shows, or maybe it was a comment. We, we have a winner. We have a winner. Hey, good on you, Dave. How are you, mate? Beach. Yeah, good on you, buddy. Yeah, it's a chive, Kershaw chive. It's a fucking lovely little knife, just tiny little thing. Um, kicker action. Nice. Yeah, my one was the leak, wasn't it? Yours is a leak, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, bloody awesome little knives. I love it. I just sit there doing what you're doing, annoy the shit out of the family, just clicking the thing all night. Oh, I just sit there and flick it at work. I don't know, I'm sitting there having <laughs> disciplinary meetings, flicking a knife, you know. <laughs> the stuff like... I keep, oh, I keep thinking this isn't going to end well, you know. 
Yeah. So here's what it is. But um, yeah, it's a good good little knife. I got it at uh, Blade Show West. In fact, I might have bought ten of them at Blade Show West, or five of them and five leaks. I can't remember. It was a fair few anyway. <laughs> Gave them away. <laughs> so Kev got his. <laughs> well, I think we're up at your place doing the barrel knives. You're like flipping one of yours. I'm like, fuck, that's cool. And you're like, here, have one. Oh yeah, yeah. Right place, mine's mine's got a bit of play in it, but I I must have been flicked 20,000 times. I just sit there all day fucking with it. And the only thing I modified on it, uh, where's my camera? The only thing I modified is I put the deep pocket clip on it. I bought a deep pocket clip, which cost me more than the knife, right? (laughs) But the original original pocket clip sort of started there and it just kept catching and, and pulling out of the pocket. And I've broken the blade lock on it, so um, too many ah. times trying to open it with the yeah. blade lock closed. But anyway, I'll fix that one day. I probably won't fix that. I'm, I probably will never do that. Don't worry about it. Just can be what it is. A real man's fidget spinner. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what it is. Mm. Narelle's got some comments there. Uh, Perth is looking forward to having a stand at the Royal Show this year. Narelle, we cross our fingers and hope you can. Yes. Um, one of the few places in Australia that has an actual event go ahead in yeah. the later, later part of the year. And the post above uh, from Andrew Smith is pretty much as clear as it gets with the statement from the KAAs. Um, earlier on when we, we had the vote as a committee to, um, you know, proceed with the show, things were looking fantastic. Uh, well, not, not necessarily fantastic, but they were looking pretty damn good because we'd had things like the caravan camping show with 30-odd thousand people through the same venue. Like I said, we, we put our money where our mouth is and we, we committed to running the show. And then, unfortunately, like I said, the August dates got canned and we postponed it out as close to that as we could without interrupting any other things that were potentially going to be scheduled. And, um, yeah, it's not looking so good at the moment. So we're all a little bit bummed. We're a little bit gutted. Um, but Corinne and I were talking before, these things are completely out of our control. So, you know, we can be bummed and gutted, but you just, we can't get too stressed about it. You know, I think everyone's in the same boat, you know. First show that actually goes ahead where people can travel from everywhere to it is just going to be fucking mind-blowing. It'll just be like Caligula, one of his orgies in the ancient days of Rome. That's, That's the way I look at it. But I might wear pants. We can have a dick, a dick engraving fest. Yeah. Whole set, whole set, all of it. So, are the AKG meets broadcast? Oh, Saber Striker. G'day, mate. How are you on YouTube? So, I don't know who that is. But, mate, um, they are on the members only group for the Australian Knife Makers Guild. So, to see those, you've got to be a member. Um, we've got some really good ones lined up. Um, in discussions with with quite a few really good makers that will do that for the guild. So, um, yeah, we've got the the next one will be Keith Flutter doing a, a handle build. Um, nice. For a, a complicated handle, including the lost wax casting, which he outsourced, but he can still talk to, talk to that. So it's interesting. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Knife Show Virgins. That's a good comment there. No, 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 no. I think that's Andrew's response to my comment about dick engraving. I don't understand. I think actually every every knife art association 
show poster for the Sydney show, even the billboards should have a dick somewhere on them. I mean, it shouldn't be visible. It shouldn't be. It should be only there if you know where to look, right? Or you know that it's there to look. How funny would that be? Find the dick on the billboard. I've lost. Uh, I was wondering whether you were saying no, no, no to that, or Anthony Kittle's um, thing of having oh, a toga toga knife show. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. No. Many years ago, there was a <laughs> there was a talk at one of the earlier symposiums. And it had a person talking about dressing up at their uh, knife show table. And I think that's just can any idea of a dress-up knife show. You can always wear a nice hat. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen wearing yeah. nice hats at knife shows. Every like table anyway. should have a knife with a hidden dick on it. Well, that was 2017, I think that was, 2018. <laughs> that was the Eight, year for 18, that. maybe, yeah. <laughs> Man, whatever it was. Fuck, it was funny. <clears throat> So the story um, behind that, if people don't know, is uh, Dalu had a laser engraver set up at his table and was laser engraving stuff. And he handed over a knife to, was it Troy Hageman? He gave a knife, he had someone's knife and he gave it back to them and said um, that he'd engraved, uh, like laser engraved a really, really small dick on his pocket knife. So he was walking around asking everyone, can you see a dick on my knife? And we're all looking. And meanwhile, Dar had come up to everyone basically saying, as Dar does, having a laugh and going, I didn't engrave a dick on his knife, but it's funny having him watch. And then all of a sudden, everyone was going up to Dar with their, with their own EDCs going, can you laser etch a dick on this? That was all Jason. Did all, didn't it start with Jason, though? Waitman getting a dick engraved on his mate's knife? Oh, is that what? Yeah, Toby, Toby, Toby yeah. started it. And I'm like, you can't do that. It's a beautiful fucking Damascus knife. Thing would have been worth like 500, 800 bucks or something. And I'm like, you can't just engrave a dick on there. And he goes, fucking can, giving it to a mate. And I went, okay, then, fair, fair enough. You can do whatever you like. <laughs> so 18 was dicks, 19 was boobs. Okay, fair enough. And uh, just yeah. going back to this comment, uh, Saber Striker, Ed Sol. Ed, um, uh, just reach out to me on Facebook. We'll have a chat. Um, yeah. Uh, in the next couple of days, just just send me a message and I'll get back to it. That'll be cool. So yeah. Anyway, happy days. And he started sure. doing them for. We started doing it. Well, he started doing it to raise money for breast and prostate cancer awareness. I think people just got them engraved because it was funny, and it really was. <laughs> it was. It was I, a funny show. I have a. I bought a hundred and fifty mil ruler. At the show, and then took it over to Dara, and he laser etched the dick in, in the middle of the O on the ten on the ten uh, the ten centimeter mark. And I I chuck it out of my desk when students are around and see if anyone picks up on it. And yeah. <laughs> not many people I, do. I got a genuine JJ with a dick engraved on it somewhere. I found that most fitting. Ryan, g'day, oh, Ryan. How are you? Ryan, Ryan. Right. There's a blast Ryan. from the past. Yeah. Good on you, man. How are you? Ryan, a lot of guys will remember Ryan from the very early days of Artisan Supplies. Um, he was uh, he was the man most people would talk to. He'd be the, the Timmy of the day or the Davy Ray or the Cole Barrett uh, back in the days before Davy Ray and Cole Barrett and Cole Barrett Timmy. And Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> he was the original of all of those. He was the original, yeah. Yeah. 
So happy days. And um, yeah, now he's gone into um, shit chokes. Shit, shit chokes. He's a plumber. So there you oh, go. that's right. Yes, that's no. moving, on. moving up in the world, <clears throat> out of the dirty depths of knife making and into the sewer. Mm. But anyway, that's okay. What else is happening? Uh, what else is happening? Give us some questions, guys. Uh, I got burnt this week. I picked up a uh, a red hot fibric. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I thought I you were running. about to say you got burnt because you bought something nah, non genuine. I was running the forge, burn. and I was getting frustrated, and I moved the fibric with my bare hand, being the hero that I am, and then it kind of hurt it. You know when you hear it before you feel it. Yep. And I thought that's gonna hurt, <clears throat> and you know what? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Bit hard to see at this stage, but <laughs> good, good little uh, 50, 50 grit chunk off the finger. Um, it was just a light touch, thankfully, because I was doing my post heat treat grinding. But it was enough to, you know, look down and go, yeah, that's that's gone through the skin into the chunky bits. I better go and put a band aid on it. And of course, the next time you dip that knife in the water, that's what that's when you felt it, it was like, oh, that that kind of hurts. Then the next yeah. day, just trying to bend the thumb forward, it was just pulling back. Um, and then I made Ro have one of those moments of sort of horrified squealing when I, I went to open up the house door and my thumb slipped off the key and I bashed the door. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> don't do that! <laughs> hey, so it's yeah. the same thumb. Uh, I was about to say, Jamie Bish, it's the same thumb that I royally screwed uh, Jamie, so a kind of good thing with that is I don't have all the nerve sensation in it anymore. So it probably would have hurt more if I didn't fuck it royally last time. That's a sacrificial thumb. So True did that. you get your Dino's asking about your air extraction unit? Looking good? Yeah, so I've still only done the one side. That that's the draw runner stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it looks Oh, it, we spoke working. about that earlier. So yeah, I thought sorry, you were we talking about the fan in the wall. Did you stick a fan in the wall yet? No, because I'm gonna get you mate breaking give me a hand. Oh, yeah. No, I still will do that. Um, yeah, be rad. Um, but with the lockdowns, like I said, no visitors, no visitors. I need him to give me a hand just with setting up what I need to do for stabilising that whole area. If I can get away with just a piece of MDF to mount it to, I'll be fine. Um, but that'll go. Then that'll be my tim. I'll change that to my timber extraction because that'll just suck that stuff out, and then I'll change the current one back over to metal extraction. Yeah. yeah. And I had um, I had a nice message from Anki Steve Schwartzer. Oh, good on um, you. How is he? Yeah, he's going well. But it was I hope he was like... dressed this last time I seen him, he was running well, around was his a, deck. It was only a text message, so <laughs> don't, don't bring me back to that memory. <laughs> that was fucking... <laughs> Remember that? He... <laughs> he's running around I'm his trying own. to move on. I'm trying to move on. <laughs> oh, that was funny night. But yeah, no, he was um, he was impressed, and he said he said he was off to buy some draw runners and do some conversions for his um, stuff. And like I said, it was just a a very dimly lit light bulb moment when I was down at Bunnings, and I was getting some screws, and the draw runners were right there, and I sort of stared at them for five seconds, and I went, "Fuck yeah, that'll work." And then I had to go and buy some angle iron and stuff and set it all up. But yeah, but you got yeah. there. So Matt Will Donaldson asking how my barrel knife coming along. Matt, ever since I started it, it sat next to the bench grinder between the fly press and the bench grinder on a little mat. Um, 
Shout out to the fella that gave me those folder parts, Matt. They're great. Uh, fuck. I, mean, I hate it when someone gives you something nice and then you can't even remember their name. Anyway, never mind. It's just lockdown. I blame lockdown. It's got nothing to do with me. So what I did, I moved it across to my workbench. So now it's actually sitting on my workbench. I got my spring and the blade and I put it all together and I looked at it and I thought it wouldn't take much to finish this and then I haven't done anything else. Um, but I, I will. I will. I will. Damn it. Damn it. I will. I'll put up one of those posts where I make people yell at me until I do. Best band-aids that last. They fall after after an hour in the shop. I think there's a question from from this I've guy. I've got um, it's all. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's been it's been around for a while. Um, yeah, I I like the bloody. Um, I buy the three M fabric ones, but there's some uh, waterproof ones I tried not long. Uh, I think they're just like Johnson and Johnson or Band Aid brand or something. Uh, waterproof ones, and they they fucking stick. They stick really well. I haven't tried them. I've always stuck with the fabric ones, but the fabric ones get really, really dirty. But I mean, Maggie I don't really care. They, but they stay on, right? Yeah, they stay on. So yeah, these waterproof of... ones. These waterproof ones. Uh, we should get a product. Do, don't tell do them. Do don't tell them the name. Don't tell them the name. We'll get a product endorsement and a sponsorship. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> if they want to know the name, they've got to pay us some money. No, I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah. No, there's something I've had. Uh, yeah. Jamie's right down the bottom. There's uh, electrical tape and a bit of rag, yeah, and electrical tape uh, from Matt and Jamie. Yeah, that that's kind of good, but you know when you're just you know taking off a small portion of your thumb again yeah. and your thumbnail, it's the worst um, place because you can't stick the uh, you can't stick it over the rag and the electrical tape is probably the best bet. But I've got a I've got an idea which I'm super gonna, glue. Yeah, I've got an idea I'm going to send to the band aid companies, and it's going to be a knife maker. Band-Aid product. I can't tell you because some bastard will steal it and make money and I won't, but I'm going to present a uh, an idea to the Band-Aid companies for for something that shits me about Band-Aids. Are you going to elaborate <laughs> or are you just going to sit no, there and tell us that? No, I'm, I'm, uh, okay. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you know. Says. I'll let you Idea. know when you can buy the product. <laughs> Idea for a group buy. Extract a fan with speed controller. Now, i, I got to disagree there. I never... I, did anyone ever say I want my extractor fan to go slower? I reckon you just want an extractor fan that goes like <clears> fires <throat> hell and causes causes a wind like a hurricane. Because yeah. the one in my shed works like a bomb. You've been there, Steve. You've worked yeah. in my shed. Oh, and, I've been there too, yeah. Yeah, and it works like it's awesome. And if you get the cross flow what, right, I, I don't really worry about fine light dust because it all I know it's going to head that way. It doesn't head anywhere yeah. else. Um, And the heavy dust even gets dragged across the floor. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Speed controller, what for? Yeah, maybe if you want. Yeah. Where's um, Mert? Says Juan, Juan Andres Dominano. Oh, fuck, I'm Juan Andreas Domiano. It's I'm just useless right, Australian. Right. Sorry, uh, Mert sorry. Is at the very start of the show, sorry, Juan, you missed it. Um, Mert is looking after his, his kids because his wife's not well. Um, and he just said it's with two young kids, it's near impossible to get that time to come on board. So we miss Mert. We did talk about just um, not bothering with the podcast till he was back, but um, 
Yeah. Now he said, "Fuck it, we're better. We're better off without him anyway, because he's just fucking miserable and cranky all the time." He says, "Fuck he's, off." He's a grump. He's a grump. He's <laughs> a big grump. He just needs a big cuddle. But you know, as he's um, yeah, plague lockdown. Um, anyway, Jamie says he got the last of the flood dirt out of his shed today. I'll be willing to bet, mate. One day you'll be pulling something out from somewhere in your shed, and you'll say, "Oh." Missed a bit, but what's, I'll what's go with it mark? just to make you happy. Yeah. How long that take? Oh, I've, I've taken him fucking three years. Corin, if you're firing up the forge, what are you making? Andrew, I'm, uh, I was doing a whole bunch of um, uh, experimental stuff with the PID forge control system. And uh, we were just working on improving the flame failure system, which I actually managed to do. Although I'll be honest with you, the um, forge now looks like Swiss cheese. I think I've got another 12 holes in my forge that I didn't have before. But I learned so much. I learned that my, all my assumptions were wrong and um, and it was good. And it was good. So I can say that I know a little bit more about it now. Uh, that's solid progress, Matthew. Yeah, it is solid progress, Matthew. Moving it across from one bench to the other, but I'll, I'll, it's, <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Um, three, three meters electric. I is three. I use. Oh, yeah, three I use electrical right, tape. Yeah. tape. Yeah, got it. <clears throat> electrical tape and a bit of rag. Yep, I use electrical tape. Elastoplast. Aqua. Is that the one you use? No, nah, mine's Elast just band aid, band aid brand one. Waterproof, but I like the last. I've got to say, I do like the Elastoplast, Elastoplast brand because they have that good stick. So when I, I just put it on normally, bleed everywhere. I don't even yeah, fucking I, get that. Well, I just stick it on there, like I said, when I do something like that. Most other times, um, if I'm doing post heat tree grinding or disc stuff, I will tape up my fingers so it gets through the band aid before it goes through my skin. And then, you know, um, so I just held up before. This, this oh, is that's the belt, the belt. That I was talking about. Yeah. That that's me. Uh, yeah, it's fucking unreal. Knuts, Knuts did for you. Yeah, Connie, Connie Hansen over Connie. in Sweden. Yeah. Um, one of the conversations we had a while back was about uh, yeah. me losing weight or something. And so he's done this Kev's Forge belt points. Fucking unreal. I love it. It's my favorite belt. Like all the other belts just fucking now sitting on a hook somewhere, not getting used. But, um, Mert's his spirit animal. He gets Juan. cranky and channels his yeah. and one, yeah, one, yeah. Sorry, so, no, Juan. Juan, 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 Juan. My wife uh, is rich, sorry. And we dude. always have this joke because um, on the Tour de France, there was a rider, and one of the commentators always called him Joquim. And when you look at the spelling, it was Joquim, but it was actually Joaquim. Joaquim. <laughs> so I always what? say about, <laughs> I always call it Joquim, <laughs> and my wife always corrects me. <laughs> nice. That's how I love about Juan and Jorge and all these yeah, other Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just not real good at <laughs> stuff like that. Jay no, Cross well, says, our, get... our, our podcast is shit. So, <laughs> Jay Cross says, good? get the dust into the neighbor's place flat out. And I resent that remark, Jay. I blow it out the back onto the public walkway. I intend to blow it out the back onto the fence between myself and the neighbors. But he has two garden sheds there. 
so it will be okay. Just <laughs> what could go wrong? No, well, his, <laughs> his clothesline is from the other side of the yard, so I have taken that into account. But on a windy day, not my fault, not my problem. <laughs> this one here is an easy one. Any ideas what to do with a bunch of disposable propane bottles from the blowtorch? Remove the valves filled with water and cut the tops off. I have six, but I don't know what to do with them. It's easy. What you do, you drill a hole in them like they're like a little cup and you hang them under the fat collector if your barbecue has one so all the barbecue fat drains into them and then you throw them out. Uh, That's what we used to do because on yeah. account of we used to have heaps of old gas bottles and yeah. our barbecues were built to do that. So or there you, you go. Has them, anyone... You could fill each of them with varying levels of water and use it like a big flute. Where you... So... David says, has anyone a tip? Yes, you could do that. Yes, it probably wouldn't work. It'd be shit, but I ignored you. But anyway, David Heron says, has anyone attempted a PID install on a forge? Well, yes, me. I've done several. And as has uh, Sean McIntyre and uh, now Alan um, Thrush, one of our team. And um, uh, those have all been successful. And... Um, we're here to help you get yours done. So uh, we have a group on Facebook now for the PID Forge controllers where you can come in and and um, and learn the lessons as we progress. The truth is there are only four or five out there that are running. So there are going to be teething problems. We can't test. We could never test every possible Forge configuration, but I can certainly help you um, get yours fixed up and fitted up and hopefully get it working. I do still recommend that you don't use top five Forges, but... Um, as I said, here to help. So all good. Oh, Dave says he's got his setup. I think. I think he's saying he's got his setup. Is that what you're saying? Anyway, I hope so. Um, anyway, there we go. So, uh, and uh, Stephen Eads uh, has got his done and leak tested, but hasn't fitted it in. And I and I encourage both of you to go and check out the uh, alternative um, uh, flame supervision system <coughs> thermocouple mounting that I put on the group today, which will. Uh, in the new instructions I uploaded. So you should be able to uh, have a look at that, which will hopefully um, work if uh, if you have any dramas. Oh, and Bill, grinder belt recommendations for someone starting out. Just ordered a 2x72. Um, 50 grit and 120 grit or 60 grit and 100 grit and Klingspore Reapers or Blaze and go for it. The Reapers are probably, um, look, everybody has a favourite belt, okay? Yep. The Reapers don't leave as much... Um, residue on everything that the blazers can do if you're worried about that it doesn't really matter do you get the do you use blaze kev yeah i use blaze but i've also got the clings i bought a heap of the cling spores i've actually been using them recently just to you know go back to why i bought them and by residue do you mean like from the backing of the belts yeah on, yeah on yeah. the plate and shit you get yeah, that gunk yeah exactly so my uh, I bought a couple of uh, carbide platens for my 2x48, and I love yeah. them. But I did notice as soon as I put those carbide um, platens on there, man, that, that skid mark stuff is just killing me. Like, that's from the blaze. From the blaze, yeah. So I've got to clean it and then start using the, the cling spore ones again. But if, I, if I'm in got... two minds. Like, like between the two manufacturers, I'm in two minds. Some, some days blaze are my favourite. And you know, I just can't fold them. And then other days, I've used, I've just thrown on a clean spore one, 
and grabbed a shitload of blades and thought, fuck yeah, this thing's amazing. This very, in my opinion, and I've used a, a lot of the two the two belts, um, there's very little to differentiate from them with the exception of like the, the dirty fucking the, platons. The dirty platon is the, um, yeah. the blades, the only downside. Yeah. They're, they're very good belts. We also do the 3M, we also do Hermes, but honestly, they're, they get yourself the belt kit when you. I hope you bought the grinder from us. It doesn't matter where you bought it. Support whoever you like. But um, if you did buy it from us, you would have got a belt kit which has a whole bunch of different belts in it for you to try. But really, the belts you're going to buy on mass are fifties and one twenties. Yeah, and I do ceramic. my my predominant ones are fifties and hundreds. Um, and I if was, you if you only had them in your shed, you could make great knives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know? I do 50s and 100s, then I move on to the disc and use Rhino Wear, which is why I go through yeah. so much Rhino Wear. But, um, there's, but there's thousands of other belts out there. Yeah, and, it, and I've got – I should take a photo and put it up on my, my page so we can do it. One, talk about it one night with my belt progression stuff. So a little bit of difference with me as I do the classes. So I'm pretty – I'm not very frugal with my belt usage because – I want people's work, especially the students, they get fresh belts. Whenever there's a student here, it's fresh belts. Then I generally use their belts when they're done because I know how much life I can get out of those belts. But um, you still get a, a, a lot of use, and most beginners will push their belts to the extremes. You get a lot of use out of those 50s and 100s. Um, and there was a talk on, I think it was the Knife Making Down Under page or something about how to get that little bit of extra life out of them. And um, the common thing was to get one of the diamond dressing tools for your uh, bench grinder wheels. Yeah, break it up. Break the, grid up. break the grid up a little bit on that. Well, you can just do what Sean McIndoe does and give them to Peter Del Rasso right. to fucking keep using yeah. them. Well, I belt. threw out a bunch. I cleaned up. I technically haven't thrown them out there. They're too throw out. Um, but I did look at them and go, fuck, oh, I should actually give a handful of these to me, mate, here, Rad, um, for profiling because I've, yeah. I've, I go through in a class, I would have, you know, well, four belts. And, and general class. fabrication because a really fucking flogged 50 grit oh, yeah, ceramic yeah. belt profiling. is still an awesome fabrication yeah. belt, even if it's flogged. You, you chuck your grinder up on 100 hertz or whatever yeah. the new ones are, that top speed in your colour range, and a logged out 50 grit belt will, will – you don't want to use anything else especially yeah. when you're grinding if you're doing forged stuff particularly then because your um um carbon layer on the outside will just wreck the shit out of them anyway uh, so, so Owen yeah. said not from you guys but from arj that's all right oh, he on. makes a, he makes a decent bit of kit yep made in australia whatever good, Ours good. Are, yeah, um, support australia. obviously different but that's okay yeah. um uh, they're they're a reasonable copy can i say that i think i can i hear sean's a fan of his um, yeah, Sean's a big fan of his PID controller. He's been wrapped in it. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, How can I put an extraction fan in a brick shed? Dude, use your imagination and a sledgehammer. Shit. People can't think these days. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was thinking that with force, or if you've got up over into, if you've got eaves on the outside, yeah, run, run your... Uh, conduit, uh, not your conduit, you, you line up over them into the eaves and, and just pour it down the other side of the brick, especially if you're in the townhouse and you hate neighbours. Um, yeah, no, like I would say violently smash the shit out of your brick walls. 
or get a um, in I think it was Hare and Forbes they've got a dust extraction collection unit which is just a, a cyclone drum. You have to clean them out more often, but they still collect a lot of the dust. The best one I've ever seen was for concrete dust, and um, it was a water bath style, and it was in the workshop of Oatley, James Oatley. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Marty, Marty Jelinek has just done he, – he sent me a thing after my little draw runner thing, and he's got a really good set, set up with um, – that water layer at the bottom so he can use his for metal and wood dust and and very unlikely that things are going to burn down but uh, Brett Parker says Brett Parker says what is a PID Uh, what is a PID and a PID is a proportional integral derivative controller and it's basically they were developed in the 1920s or something to steer ships because if you move uh if you do something to move a ship, um, by the time it has any effect, you've gone too far and you have to be swinging it back. Anyway, if you look it up, you'll find up all about that. But if you just look up PID controller on probably Wikipedia or something, you'll find that. Um, but basically, all it's doing is it lets you set what you want and the controller works out how to achieve it with the heating source, which in our case is a is a um, uh, a burner, but it could be uh, electric <coughs> element or whatever. So Jay Cross is putting up his recommendations, running behind on the questions now. Sweet as says Owen Bell, I like to use new belts for a knife or two. Then I swap to a new belt, use the older belt to do handles or general blacksmithing stuff. Um, Nathan says, I I actually I actually would use the new belt to do the handles before I went to steel. If if you're going to go, yeah, I'd be doing the same. If low speed with a fifty grip, because you're not going to break down that, especially. Ceramic belts, that is. With um, ceramics, once you glaze them, <clears throat> once you glaze ceramics, um, they tend to burn materials pretty badly. And um, I would use them first for handle material. When they start glazing, I would take them to the steel and away you go. Yeah. But anyway, that's me. Differ in that respect. Forge a hammer, but do we have you like? Forge a hammer. Matthew Will Dominson said, Forge a hammer. Corey, Corey Cunningham asked, what am I doing wrong with my Reapers? They glaze over for me on post-heat treat grinding. It's um, probably speed up. Are you going fast? Yeah, what are you running you know, It's a funny funny. Oh, here thing we go. I see it. Is if, you don't, um, if you're not running them fast enough, they'll, they'll glaze over. The other thing is what I found is I've got a 3M, an actual 3M wheel because Watch out, there's some dodgy shit on the markets that claim to be 3M. But I've got a 3M Scotch Bright wheel, and I, I post heat treat because I oil quench everything, <clears throat> make sure there's no shit and no scale on there, and then go to my belts because a couple of times I've just been lazy and gone over with all that oil and scum on there. And it's, um, I think anyway, it's glazed the belts up. But anytime you're glazing ceramics, that. They're not friable, right? They they are, but but you've got to use high pressure grinding and high speed grinding to get yeah. the grain to break down and expose fresh edges, and and for that reason, um, I would suggest you're probably not running hard and fast enough. Um, probably try using a push stick even uh, to get your pressure up. But if if they're just not working for you, just use a softer compound. Go to some other type of belt that does work for you. Yeah. Everybody has a different favorite, and honestly, do not care. Whatever. You've got to go with what works for you on your grinds, on your machine. 
And that's <laughs> just as simple as that, right? Everybody's so got a the, different opinion. One of the things I found that really helped out <clears throat> with longevity of belts and stuff, plus just general post heat treat grinding, most of my knives are hidden tanks. So I just made a stick out of pine that was effectively like a handle with a tang slot. And I, I force that tang into it and then I, I can apply a hell of a lot of torque on it. So that force to the belt and you've got a bigger handle to hold on to. So you're not sort of trying to just hold on to a tang. If you're trying to hold a hidden tang in post heat tree grinder and you're just holding onto that tang, you're not going to get enough force on it, I reckon. So I just had a whole bunch of um, shitty pine with holes drilled in it for the right size. Nathan Butcher, um, that's that system he's talking about with the dust extractor into a carpenter shop. Um, Oh, Maddie James in New Zealand has a system like that. It's it's unreal. It runs, but he just runs into his into his box trailer, and then he just hooks it up. It's got all the dust in the box trailer. Just hook it up to the car, drive around the block a few times. Fucking gone. <laughs> we so my wife was up in the workshop talking about the idea because I've currently I've got one of the hair and Forbes. It's a metal extractor, and it has the has the blow up bag on the bloody side of it, which it shits me because that's that takes up space. So we were talking about just either a just running a hose outside and destroying the neighbours with all the dust, or B, just adding on a little enclosure and literally go out there with a shovel and spread it on the fucking garden afterwards. But the trailer sounds good. Straight into the trailer and then a couple of... <laughs> Chris Steele's <laughs> talking about the Cubitron 2s from Gamaco, 36 grit. He's loving them. They're lasting for ages. Yeah. Like I said, everyone's going to have a different opinion. Try them. Try it. Get one of each and try them. But remember, yeah. if you're buying packs, you save money. I don't understand how that is if you buy a pack you will save money you get like uh, like 10 15 off straight up just from buying a pack yeah. can you go too hard on the grinder i've got a little divot on the plate and thought i might have been setting it too hard on a flog belt now every plate always going to wear a divot um that the, there's numerous things you can do to dress your plate including just take it off turn it around put it back on um but eventually the best way to go is to put in a carbide or glass plate and, glass uh, and plate that's and carbide yeah, yeah. Ceramic glass. High, high, uh, high temp hardened glass if you're going to do it. It's not hard to do. Um, uh, we do do carbide platens, but it's been really hard uh, in the period we haven't had to been, been able to catch up on grind. It's been really hard to get them. So hopefully they'll be back uh, uh, back into the product range quickly. Yeah, I just happened um, to be perusing the site one night and I always look at them. And it was like available in stock. I was like, no fucking way. Bought two of them straight away. Yeah. Um, but I I basically have had, had to dress my platens. Yeah, just like every every couple of months they've got those massive dents in them. So normally they're mild steel. I think we're looking at D2, trialing D2 or something, or Yui was looking at D2 as a trial. Um, they'll wear, they'll yeah. wear out regardless. They do. It doesn't. Carbide, it just take them, and it doesn't take much to dress them either. The problem with dressing them is you kind of need two because you kind of need to dress them on a plate. So so that's... Um, or, with, or with a surface grinder. <laughs> or with a surface grinder. But you don't need a surface yeah. grinder. But if you nah. do have a surface grinder, that does that does solve the problem. But um, they're, they're pretty easy to dress. So just take them off, turn them around, put them back on. There you go. Uh, right. Speaking, when are they back in stock? I, I wouldn't have a clue, mate. I know that we've got heaps of stuff on order that's that I'm told is going to be caught up on soon. So uh, whether carbide platens or not is the thing. I, I just couldn't tell you. Timmy would would know. Um, perfect. Uh, 
yeah, you can get a mold steel one for forty bucks and just dress them. You they'll last you for ages if you keep dressing them. Yeah. Is there a noticeable difference with filters instead of the cloth bag on a dust extractor? Um, I've, I, I honestly I have yeah. never, my <laughs> dust extractor was a, was a hair and flogs basic model and it's a piece of shit. And I gave it away to someone who thought it would be really useful. Um, so I can't tell you, uh, it, it sucked in a, it, it sucked in as much as it didn't suck enough. Um, so I'm using, I'm using shop vacs on all my machines and, they they work really pretty well because all my machines have small ports, so I'm happy. Uh, but I don't suck metal dust. So yeah, his uh, J Cross says, "Yep, he dresses his uh, shop master plate in every fortnight." The shop mate carbide never uh, yeah. have to look at it. Yeah, no, and and that'll be that's definitely on a cards, man. I just. I can't stress enough how hard it's been trying to catch up with getting deliveries and everything from uh, particularly raw materials. Everything's been a problem. And everyone but, working, working remotely. Doug Glass says it's a big difference with a pleated filter. So there you go. He's someone who knows can answer that one. I'll be back in a second anyway, guys. I've got to just duck out for a second. You've got to, you've got, at least you can hear yourself piss now. Anyway, there you go. So um, Kev's, Kev's left the building. Ah. Uh, yeah, guys, how are we going in lockdown? Is everybody okay? Are you okay? Are you checking on your friends and making sure they're okay too? I'm um, doing a bit of that. It's been a been a long week. Spent the day in uh, Standards Australia meeting. Yay! Woo for gas installations. Has anyone ever tried an aluminium heat sink on a platen? That's a good idea. No, I have never tried it. Seen plenty of water cooled platens. Um, I, I, I just yeah, just never tried that. Water cooled, yes, but not aluminium heat sink. Can't see why it wouldn't work. Uh, like anything, though, it would eventually get hot. But depends on what you're doing and whether or not it get in your way. I kind of like it being able to reach around the back of the platen. Matthew Will Donaldson says, Regional Vic. So luckily I can get down to the workshop. When it was statewide, it was rough. Yeah, it was. I, I could do that last Saturday. I went, um, I could go 10 kilometres or stay in the local government area. And um, I got in the kayak and did a 30K paddle um, within my uh, within my local government area and saw a platypus and it was awesome. But a call, of course, um, now it's down to 5K and I'm not allowed to go outside the uh local government area it's a it's a bit of a problem is it worth setting up a mister on the grind a lot of people swear by misters Corey. um I, and i've heard that plenty of times um i i've never found it necessary i think it's just all overthinking it and getting a bit carried away when you start doing stuff like that but by all means if your application is uh deserving and requiring something like that you go you go right ahead i i i just I overthink some things like my toaster oven has a PID control on it um, because it gives me peace of mind that it's accurate and it works. Um, but I don't worry about misting because I don't, um, it, it's just, it, it, well, as, as David said, for starters, there's a mess problem, but um, there's, there's other issues as well. And Mert runs a mister on his grinder apparently. And Mert's running grinding super thin laser, um, laser um, 
kitchen knives. So keeping them cool is far more critical than what I do, you know. And and I'm using it. I I grind at my barrel knife blades, which you know, what are they? 80 mil, 75 mil. I grind them on a aluminium block anyway. So they I mount them on an aluminium block, so I've got something to hold. And um, I guess that adds a acts as a bit of a heat sink. And I grind on an open on a 14 inch wheel, so the grit's opened up and it runs cooler. Um, and J Cross says just use fresh belt belts; they run cool, and that's true too. A sharp, fresh belt uh, will cut much better and with less heat. And Matt says my toaster oven has had all attempts rubbed off and written back on accurately using my thermocouple on it. It was like 30 degrees out. The other issue with it is that the hysteresis, the temperature between when the temperature comes on and goes off, the, that gap can be quite high. Um, with the PID, it gets very low. Um, Matt Snape's just joined us. God, we're going downhill. In uh, What have we got? In summer, it would probably be all right. Any issues with waterproofing the electric motor? The, all the motors and VFDs that we sell are IP rated for, for Splash. You won't have any issues there. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things that could go go wrong, of course, but the motors and VFDs aren't, aren't one of them. Um, can't speak, of course, for other grinders. We use the highest-end Tico motors and, and Tico VFDs that we can get for that application. And... Um, they do cost significantly more, but, you know, that's the peace of mind. I don't know what you've got, so I can't comment. Um, sure, I thought Mert met a mister on Grinder. Oh, right. Nice. <laughs> you walked in at the right time. <laughs> We're just talking about misters. I'm just talking about misters on Grinders going solo. Yeah, righto. <clears throat> um, What's your just, thoughts? Uh, look, man, they're... they're a good idea, but by fuck, they're messy. Yeah. I think, yeah, Dave Winch has commented the same. Mr. equals mess. Look, and I, Matthew Will Donaldson's comment re relates to the toaster oven PID control, and he's saying it's 10 degrees, 10 degrees each way on his. And that's right. If you put a PID in there, it's just bang on. It's great. And I know it's probably not legal or anything, but shit, it works well. I'm really pleased with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do we got? I would be more concerned with bearings and fittings, etc., rusting than the mister. Yes, but the bearings and fittings rusting. I did mention there are other issues. Bearings and fittings are pretty cheap, and they tend to run fairly dry too, even in a in a wet situation. Yeah. Um, just just because they do generate a little bit of warmth and and the centrifugal forces pulling the water out. But yeah, they it, it is a problem. We're talking about misting, of course. Not a lot of not a lot of water there. Um, the mist is normally directed. Uh, with a precision mister just onto the belt, normally at the top of the plate or at the, the just above the, the top wheel that, that I've seen anyway. Kev, you got much experience with it? No, nah, not a lot, mate. Like I said, the, the only ones I've used with the similar to what you just said, yeah, I just found that they were just fucking messy, yeah. No, and, and I mean, they're, but they're good for the application, um, yes, they but, are. but but I, I, I'm not going to do it, I'm not racing well, out to do it, it doesn't matter. I just pass and dip, pass and dip. Creates about eighty percent of the mess, <laughs> I guess. Got <laughs> a bigger voice. If the COVID rules don't change, I've got to build new benches. What's this one? Moving to a new house on the weekend, not really by choice, 
landlord sold his, his this one, but it's got bigger, better workshop. If the COVID rules don't change, then I've got to build new benches. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Lemons well, the lemonade, the silver lining, if I guess if you've got to move. Yeah. Which generally sucks when you get in that situation. Um Oh, this is fucking hilarious. Just a minute. Guys, I know Edison Supplies support hammerings, and that's awesome. I've seen through Facebook there's been a few around Australia. I've been around this beautiful knife community for a bit more than a year only, and I've never heard about a hammering in camera. Dude, one. <laughs> Wuhan. Let me say something to you, man. Let me say something to you. No, no, fuck, you've got me off now. No, just fucking settle down, Kev. No, you can't put this cut oh. back in the barrel, cabbage back in the barrel. No, you're not, you're not leaving this alone. I'm muting my microphone. All right, so this is how it is. There's a guy by the name of T Tony Earwaker, right? And he's up in Townsville. And he said, when are you going to run? Uh, he's fucking put a smiley face there. The cunt's probably having me on. Does he know how I feel about this? Is he having me on? You've turned your out. <laughs> so, so this is how it is. Tony says, when are you going to run a hammer in in Townsville? I said, the Knife Art Association or the Knife Bakers Guild, depending on which one you want to run to, because you're a member of both, will sponsor your hammer in, help you out with anything that you need, and um, get make it so it's a not-for-profit thing, so you can get sponsorships. Um, and you can run your own hammer in in Townsville. He had 30 people turn up on the day. He had a waiting list of 15, and he cut it at 15 because there was no point keeping a longer waiting list. So there are, but there is a hammer in every year in Canberra, and. Um, well, it's not always going to be in Canberra, but it has been in Canberra for the last few years, and it's called the Australian Blade Symposium. Um, it's held; uh, it's normally held in March, but it's just totally screwed through COVID. Um, and um, um, it's awesome. It's a great, the best, the best event for knife makers in Australia. It's awesome. So anyway, the point though is, if you want to have a hammering, hold a fucking hammering. It's not my role or anyone else's, but if you are holding a hammering. And it's not for profit. Gamaco will support your event. Artisan Supplies will support your event. Sponsor as required, as will a lot of other companies. We're not the only ones. And um, particularly if it's run not for profit, if you're running it as a little kickback cash cow for yourself and you're charging and stuff, then we, we have a different view on that. But if um, if it's not for profit for the Knife Art Association, the Australian Knife Makers Guild or some other association, then we will definitely get behind it. And I typically will pay for the shirts. Kev, show them the back of your shirt. Where is our logo there somewhere? I'll find them somewhere. And then I'm going to yeah. answer. Then I'm going to answer one's thing. Can you see that? Yeah, we're down the bottom there in the middle. There we are. Yeah. So that's uh, that's our sponsorship for that. Now, now, that had, now that you've had your fucking blastathon. Yeah. Um, anyway, there you I'm go. I'm going to say one. Flick me a message because when COVID's done, I, I've got a. I can fit about 15 people in my workshop for a happy hammer in. Uh, flick me a message, man, and I'll just, if you're in Canberra, I'll add you to the list. You just come over and we'll, we'll just have a day of talking shit and smashing steel. Flick me a message through Facebook. Um, yeah, that's there, there are hammer ins, but COVID's just done a fucking nut job on them. So See, the prick, the prick got me. Look at it. Look, prick got me. My heart rate's going off. I've got my blood pressure machine here. Got me blood pressure yeah. machine here. Fuck. I was going to give you man. Simple answer. a heart attack. I was just going to give the simple answer of, hey, Juan, send me a message. I was going to my next hammer in. <laughs> um, yeah, Tony did an awesome <laughs> job. 
Uh, so Corey says, should you wait for COVID to be over to, to submit three knives to the Guild? Nah, dude, not, life's got to go on. Submit your knives. Yeah. Pack, put them in a post pack. You've got to post them, post, post yeah. them. Sometimes yeah. posting's better. You don't insure them. As much. Yes, insure them. And put yeah. a return post paid envelope to get them sent back. Yep. Or, or don't get them sent back. Yeah, we're all waiting <laughs> for the symposium. The symposium... Carla, yeah, look, the symposiums, the main thing that makes the um, the symposium so good is just the fact that there's a hundred other knife makers all around you. Yeah, and yeah, it's, that's it. It's just so good. It's just that's so it. good. And it's and it's, some of the best come out of the woodwork um, to present and we get the international presenters when we get them. Um, and it's just wonderful. It's just a great event. Um, right, here we go. Between the two or three platforms from Facebook, how many makers are commercial? Of those, how many are full-time? Of those, how many are producing work that you would recommend? Oh, Jesus. That's a big That's question. That's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> we both yeah. the same thing. I was yeah. just sort of glanced at and read it. Um, what's, the, what's the saying? Don't be a Dave. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> this is I love that. Dave. I love Dave. that. Don't be Dave a Dave. Like David. <laughs> Don't be like David. Um <laughs> That's there's, that's there's, how many makers are commercial? Well, Barwa do commercial work. Rob Herbert could almost be R and N Blaze could almost yeah. But hang on, what do you how do you define commercial? Let's start well, break that that's, down. That's what I'm sort of thinking. That, because uh, you're commercial, is, you're doing it for a living. Yeah, and that's correct. But I'm doing um, more artisan, small batch of stuff, not numbers you're of not an a artisan. particular product. You're a hack. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm treat myself to sleep tonight, unlike every other night. <laughs> um, no, look, that's that's yeah. You actually asked a good question there. What defines commercial? Um, yeah, let's talk about is, that. So, when you're doing high volume of work for a specific style or a product, that is a commercial venture for me. It's like you're putting out that repetition commercial stuff. And as I said, Tharwa do commercial jobs for third parties. Robert Herbert makes his line of stock, uh, which he sells through uh, like Kifaru and some of those other hunting mobs. And he he brands his knives with their logos as that commercial deal. So Rob's, in, in the biggest view of it, I would say that Robert Herbert goes as close as what we could get to having a commercial knife maker in Australia for that product stuff that he does. But he still does smaller batches of not so commercial stuff. Um, what about um, so full time though, there's there's cut a number of us. Yeah, cut cutthroat, yeah. Oh and um, sorry, Dom. Dom's Dom, commercial. Shit, how could you forget Dom? Oh, because it was a And long when you're time talking ago. commercial, what do you mean? Because like is do you say when you if it isn't artisan? Because if it is artisan knife makers, there's, there's quite a few artisan full time knife makers. Yeah, key yeah. flutters. Your, your um, um. If you mean commercial, as in selling knives, then it's a huge number. It's yeah. a huge number, and of those, how many full time? I remember when you could count the full time knife makers on in Australia on two hands. Yeah, and I think I was the big toe when you changed that, and now you've got like. 
multiple hands and other sets of oh, feet, yeah. toes. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's I couldn't even count it anymore. Every time I think about it, there's so many people that have gone full time. Um, there's there's uh, plenty of people. I keep discovering people in the knife making community that you know pretty much do it as a full time adventure as well, and you've never even heard of them. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just they pop out of the woodwork all the time. So it is what it is. I um. How many would I recommend? See, the people, I don't know, like, that's another big comment I probably wouldn't want to open on <clears throat> discussion yeah. on. But, but I, think that... every, I think everybody in their life needs to buy a Peter Del Rasso blade. If they're serious about knife making, I think you have to own okay. one. Yep. I, I think everybody's got to do that in the knife making community. I'm just, just putting it out there because the guy's been in making knives for over 30 years. And I have every show that I go to where I've judged and I've judged at most shows, either as a participant or as a, as a, a nominated judge. Um, I'm not going to say I've never found fault with any of Peter's knives, but frankly, they're very hard to pick fault with. Very hard. I've certainly missed stuff that other people have picked. And, and, and I've got to tell you, um, brilliant. So I think, I think, how many would I recommend? There's probably a couple of, there's probably about twenty or thirty on that list. Dave, know, Dave's coming a bit knives. further down. Dave's coming a bit further down. And said, "Commercial meaning successful." Dave, mate, don't be David. No, don't be Dave. Yeah, Dave. What's successful? Um, I'm successful, but I don't make a lot of. Oh, they're a part nine. Now, that's a good thing because Peter Del Rasso. Let's go back to Pete. Yes, yes. Peter. You'd have to say he's successful, right? Because he has a full-time job. He doesn't. This isn't Very, his primary income, yeah. but he makes knives for profit. I mean, there's no question about it. He does it yeah. for a living, uh, for a supple supplementary income, and he does it really well. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, I just think that question's too hard to be diplomatic around as well because there's some. <laughs> It's just so the, other, the other approach to the diplomatic side is go on to the Australian Knife Making Down Under Facebook group. There was a post up today. Oh, like I don't get on the Facebook as much as I used to, but yesterday or today or sometime someone put up a thing it looking is. for a knife maker. Who could people suggest? And and it's just like a firing, like boom, 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 boom. You get all these names coming in there. Um, you know, I normally chime in and say, yeah, I make them, but I don't have to, if that makes Depends sense. on but, what you're after, too. Yeah. Because if you're looking for a kitchen knife, I'm not going to send you to Del Rasso, right? If you're looking for a chopper, I'm not going to send you to Del Rasso. I mean, merely brought him up. <laughs> We've, Dave, don't back off too much, Dave. No. Dave's come down. The last comment he's come down is um, backing off now. <laughs> yeah. Did you think that's a jitster, Dave? No, it, it is a, and particularly when you've got someone like me that's full time, uh, someone like Corin that's influential in the industry, it is it is a loaded question. And I, I go back to what Corin just said like, what knife do you want? What style do you like? Because I've had people hit me up with orders. Hey, Kev, I love your knives. Can you make me this? And I go, oh, what, what would you like? And they hit me something that's completely different to what I make. And then I go, oh, actually, you might be better off. You know, approaching this guy or this guy or this guy, because I don't really make that and I don't want to make it. You know, it's a choice. 
You don't have to. It, I'll well, take a project on as a challenge. I had the guy who's a lightweight yeah. hiker, and he said, I want you to make me a light, lightweight bushcraft knife. I love bushcraft. I love bushcraft knives. So, you know, I had a crack <clears> at that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is it is a sort of a – if you want an art piece and it's a different person to – anyway, whatever, anyway. There's heaps of good ones out there. But I've I, I got to say, if, even if you just handle um, some of those makers like Sean McIntyre, Peter Del Rasso, Ian Stewart, um, Kev, present work, earlier work, maybe not so much. Um, <laughs> well, those. It's, 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 it's you've come a long way. And so, yeah, I have. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but I've had other people that have bought my earlier work and love it, and they don't like the fact that I've transitioned to more, you know. And it's horses for courses. Yeah. It's horses but, for courses. But I'm talking not style and design. I'm talking fit and finish. Yeah. Right? Because yes, exactly. as, yeah, yeah. as knife makers, and knife makers are the ones listening to this, you should be picking up your your colleagues, and I'm not going to call them opposition because no one's really opposition in this industry. Um, you should be picking up each other's knives and looking at them and and giving each other feedback and giving and receiving feedback, and it's a skill, right? Receiving feedback is a skill. Oh, it's something that man. I find very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but but you gotta, you've got to bite your tongue and listen. You know, oh, look, you left scratches here. You could have fixed that up or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have fixed that up if it would be my natural instinct. And I'm getting better at saying, you know what? That was lazy. I should have fixed that. I know, I know how to do it. Or I, I know, but I tried to get that off and I couldn't get them. And guys like, guys like, um, you know, Doug Timms, Peter Lorasso, all those guys, they're going to show you what to do. If you're there receiving mm. feedback genuinely, they're going to say, have you ever tried this? It'll take it straight out. And that's... That's what makes them great knife makers. It's not that they're super talented and skilled. It's that they've got more tricks in their bag than you have ever imagined. Yeah, and you got to take, like even like I say with Peter, he's been a guild member for more than 30 years. And that's that's where people, they might see him go, oh, far out. He's been, he's worked hard over that 30 years to just keep that level of, level of detail up. And it's pretty amazing stuff. But, yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, and Dave's come back saying, what knife to what maker? It, it really is a it really is a difficult question to answer. And as Cora just said, I think one of the biggest letdowns that we've had as, as people in this industry is knife shows. Because... You'll see something online. You may see something online, think it's fantastic, get it and go, oh, it's not really what I was thinking it would like, or it's not as comfortable as I thought it would be. If you go to a knife show, particularly somewhere like Sydney Knife Show, where you have 100 tables and you do your two or three laps around and you pick up the knives and you talk to the people um, and you might find small variances in, in people's work and small variances in the people themselves in, in how they communicate and how you get along with those people and that can define where you where you buy your knife from um and the other thing is like i used to be known predominantly for and probably still am for my hunters but i've been working my ass off on my kitchen knives and i think my kitchen knives fucking getting close to being up there with the best of them really i'm pushing my own boundaries on this stuff um but i'm not known as a kitchen knife seller so I've got to break into that ground as well. And a lot of it in, way, in one regard is like, so you see those posts on the knife making down underpage, <clears throat> people have bought a nice knife 
or they like the character of someone, they'll recommend that person. Boom, 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 boom. Um, so, yeah, that, it, it is. Th Dave, thank you, though, because it, it kind of is a loaded question, but it's something that's good to have it's to talk good, about. It's a good topic for discussion. And like Jake, people are saying Jay Cross, and I've seen Jay's work, it's great. But there's so many makers out there, and I'm not disrespecting you here, Jay, but there are so many makers out there that are doing really great work at the moment. Yeah, there and, are. and some of them, and if you just look at what they're doing and, and how they're doing it, um, just from an enthusiast perspective, because I'm never going to be making stuff that they're making, but I'm really interested to see how they do it and what they do because I love this industry. I love what I love the techniques, and I always think how I can apply what they're doing in a kitchen knife S grind to what I'm doing in a barrel knife or or hopefully something different soon. I'm planning on doing some barrel knife stuff. S grind. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. No, I'm um, I'm going to go and do some work with Maddie James, and I've got a bit of a fucking. As soon as this COVID shit's over, I've got a plan because um, after seeing Matt James work, I've just I've got a new I've got a new thing I want to go down another path. So I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. It's kind of why I haven't worked on that barrel off. I, I should finish it though. Um. Uh, uh, Dave, so we've got how do you describe a bushcraft <clears throat> knife? What features? Um, I always like to say there's two parts to a bushcraft knife that's important. The first is the tip, and the second bit is the bit just there in front of the handle. And every bit in between is kind of a bit of a waste. You don't need that much. Um, most of the stuff that you're doing for bushcraft, your fibre work, your fine whittling, carving, um, setting traps, carving a fish hook, all of it's done with a small knife or, or, or something no bigger than a mora. I love, obviously, like moras, and I like the Swedish design pukus and stuff, but I don't really care. It, it doesn't really matter. The blade needs to be um, easy to sharpen in the field. That's really important. So all these super steels um, is, is is not something I would go for in a bushcraft knife. The handle has to be comfortable. You need to be able to put a bit of weight into it. it needs to be strong, not necessarily full tang. I'm very happy with a hidden tang, no dramas at all. Mm. I don't batten because I've never in my life realize the need for that in north america and and europe and stuff where they don't have the plethora of gum twigs that we have everywhere here they like to get to kindling and whittle for kindling and shit all power to them i've just never needed that in my life so it's not ever something that i've worried about i like the if i was going to get a chopper and i've always wanted to make and i've mm -hmm. never done it and i don't own one would be a luku one of the um the scandinavian chopper which would be pretty cool. Oh, they're yeah. more like it. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty cool. I'd like to make one of those one day. Um, and I have a nice bit of wood there earmarked for it that I got off uh, off uh, Curly Birchman, Bjorn Jacobson, some time ago. So I just got to get around to doing it. It's like everything. Um, yeah. I was going to say Burpleman's before, but when you said a Luku, I was going to say Burpleman's. So the question from Brad Stone that joke <laughs> uh when are you getting andrew smith on to talk about the association what it does and it's and it's benefits um oh, andrew yeah. andrew getting andrew out of his shell he's a very private person he likes to comment on everything obviously but <laughs> he's sitting out there would, now smiling and to, going would we have to pay him overtime <laughs> probably no um just a minute. The other question that's here is real easy. Is Stephen Eads has asked about it. The spelling, I think, Stephen is L E U K U. So there's an E before that first U, but otherwise you're right. Yeah, I don't know, uh, Andrew. Uh, did I ask him? I, I, I have a feeling I asked him, and he politely declined. I think so. Yeah. 
Um, uh, so there we go. Mert just posted, so why isn't he here? Mert's got kids, Judy. Um, his wife's crook, and um, he's looking after the kids. And uh, until that situation changes, uh, he's declined to be on the podcast. Just too much to at 8.30 at night when he's trying to get the bids the kids to bed. So we've respected that decision. So we won't see him for a little while. Uh, but he is still working, of course, because he's got to make an income. Um, you he's just made his week. Of, yes. He's not getting a lot of time. Ah, because I said Luke Bergelman's when you were saying Oh, yeah. Good on, yeah, good on, Luke. How are you, Tiger? <laughs> he's a lovely guy. Fucking great guy, Luke. He is. He's a great guy. He's good. I don't understand. Well, I, I've never I met another guy that's gone to work know, without I pants. You, I don't know okay. if he's a fucking top like or not, mate. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so David just bought a knife from a commercial maker um, for his favourite. Uh, yep, good one. Favourite maker. Wuhan. So, yes, David, when you say Wuhan, that, yes, uh, if you, get, says, if you buy a... Um, Dave, just in response to Dave, because a bit further up he said he, he wasn't meaning to be decisive, and that's fair enough. Like, so that's fine. We, we we understood that. It's just difficult yeah. for us to not become decisive ourselves. <laughs> uh, but he's saying he's bought a knife from a favourite maker, a significant investment, uh, but it gave him some clarity between commercial knives and his knives. I've got a, and, I've, yeah. I've got a, you've seen my collection. I've probably got 40, 50 knives from my favourite favorite makers and just yeah. gifts and stuff as well, so... But yeah. um, yeah, you just—it's just something I, I really enjoy about the industry. So uh, Wuhan, Andreas <laughs> says, how important is balance? I shouldn't make fun of your name because it fucking drives me nuts when people do that. Sorry, no, but he—he he, he baited us with that earlier. He did. You, you did oh, have that no, coming. Sorry, you he did baited that us after we picked on him. Yeah. Anyway, how important Sorry, is <laughs> how important is balance on a knife? Um, you know, I, I, it's always up to the end user, uh, yes. and for me, it ranks fairly low. Kev. <laughs> yeah. Look. Uh, so balance balance is like you know everyone has it's the same thing. Everyone will have a different definition of balance. What is bad? What is good balance? Oh, where it you should balance, guys, just in front of it. Yeah, you see, yeah, with the balancing on the finger and stuff. The, I I pinch grip, so that balance point doesn't give a. Sh I don't give a shit about that, provided I've got the geometry and the sharpness, and the edge lasting capabilities to cut my food nicely. That's all I care about. The handle, be... for most regards, is a pretty looking thing that doesn't get much work. But the handle, having said that. Making a full tang knife with a small blade, right? Oh, yeah. It's going to be shit. You don't want too much handy, handle heavy. Um, it, it's just not going to feel right. Uh, and, you know, lightening the handle by using a technique like just drilling holes, if you, or better still, um, tapering, is going to give you a much nicer feeling knife. But when it comes to the bigger knives and stuff, I don't care. Everyone's got a different. Um, Different opinion. He just called us fuckers. I know. Look at that. <laughs> Jesus. I'm surprised, I'm surprised, some people. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't oh. see me smiling because as soon as I read <laughs> it, he got a big grin on my face. <laughs> I think, I think, one, we're going to get along reasonably well. <laughs> so David Heron says in a chef's knife is critical. Everyone has their own opinions on this. 
And and it depends on how you're yeah. wielding it and how long you're holding it for yeah. and what the application is. In. And again, and, and do you again, know what? If it's is. important to the end user, it's important to the end user. To me, yeah. I'm just commenting on myself, right? And to me, it's not. This is again where knife shows being there for that user to come up to your table and pick up your knife and say, oh, "I feels too heavy." And you go, "Cool, I make heavy knives." You want to go and talk to. You know, and I just use the names like Mert or Toby or one of those guys because they make very light knives. Um, you know, and, and that's where it goes. But you get that opportunity to shop around. Knife shows are fantastic because you get to shop around and you get to feel it. That's one of the really hard things about, um, you know, selling online is how do you describe your product? You can put weights down, which we always do, like weights and measurements. But you don't get it until you actually get it and you have a feel of it. And, and you know, my heavier knives, I normally term as workhorse knives because then they've got a bit more guts about them. They're not a very, they're not a, you know, distal taper down to point screw all of a fucking millimeter or thousands of inches. They're, they're a solid knife with great geometry that's going to feel good in your hand cut. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but the lighter yeah. ones, sometimes I remember one, one camera knife show we had, I, really worked my ass off on getting the weight down in my kitchen knives and I had people coming to my table going, well, where are your heavier knives? They're the ones we liked. And you, yeah. you fucking can't win sometimes. No, it is what it is, man. You you bring yeah. out oranges, everyone wants apples. And that's another Del Rasso thing. Bring a bring a range. He always says bring a range. Yeah, that's, it. that's it, fruit salad. <laughs> yeah. I've been on a few times over the years, says Andrew Smith, but basically yes, he is a reclusive forest dweller living somewhere in southern Tassie. Good on you, good on you Andrew. Um Run Mark with Bear wolves, Chester. apparently. <laughs> Mark, yeah. Mark Bear Chesters. Knife making newbie. Had my first crack at making a knife last year. It was a life-changing experience. I'm early days in setting up um myself up to start forging, but I'd love to hear about how you got started. Oh, well, you can, if you're willing to brave some of the worst audio in podcast history, you can go, <laughs> you can go back and listen to the early episodes. Um, uh, but um, to cut it pretty short, Kev, do you want to give a brief rundown yeah. of how you got started? I used to tinker and mod with turbo cars, and then I wanted to do something different. So I did a knife making class, a course, weekend course, just fell in love with it and that was it and then it was just man I new world new world for me like I've, I cannot say um, that knife making has been a bad thing at all other than it's sapped a lot of my money out made me reinvest in things but in terms of opening up an awesome community of people and events and trips overseas and quality the rest of, of it, life quality of life the balance everything else and and making something that's cool and even if you're a hobbyist, as, as David said before, hobbyist part-time is making money. It's probably one of the few hobbies that you can actually get a return on your investment when you do stuff. But yeah, I did a course, man. I, I did a course. I just thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience. Um, just went with the flow. And now I do my own thing, running courses. So full circle. Now I'm the teacher. There you go. <clears throat> um. So uh, we've got uh, this, yeah. So head, I start. Yeah, well, really, I, I, I have just been fascinated by knives ever since I was told not to touch them, 
I um, got my first knife on my sixth birthday. It was a little Swiss Army knife. I had my first stitches on my six and one day birthday. Um, and um, I, I've just loved it ever since. I um, I started making knives in 2000 and about, I'm going to say 2002 it was, and that was putting uh, handles on blanks. So not knife making, knife making, but putting handles on blanks. And that was the option I had available to me. And I did that for years until about 2000 and um, I don't know, I suppose seven, eight could have been uh, when I started tinkering with, with forging. My son and I went and did a, a blacksmith course with TAFE as a bit of father and son time, which was really great. And um, then, yeah, went into blades and uh, started making my own blades really I don't know, I'm going to say 2010 and 11, I suppose. I was doing it more or less, getting better at it. Um, and then after that, it, it was game on. I started um, um, importing materials in 2012-13. So uh, in Agamico Artisan Supplies, my day job, I was a, um, a gas engineer um, <laughs> in the gas industry. I still am, officially. But my love's still not. So um, that's kind of how it all sort of started for me in a nutshell. We did have these interview episodes, and if you go back and listen to them, you'll be able to get a bit more info. But, but remember, um, they've got appalling yeah. audio, and they're very, 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 very We never did this very well. We've never <laughs> done this very well. If you listen these to those better. podcasts. These are better, though. These are better. The last latest ones are better. Did you <laughs> see Jay Cross's comment? I had to put my knife down. He was unhappy. <laughs> I did read that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found knife making cheaper, uh, cheaper tuning than tuning up turbo cars, and that's probably fair oh, enough. For people who are into and a lot of people say, come out of motorbikes into knives, actually. Yeah, I have to say, Chris, um, the return on the investment is definitely better in knife making. You buy a five thousand dollar piece of equipment, it doesn't lose value very much, and you can make money from it. You buy you get your engine redone for 5,000 bucks, you sell that car for two, <laughs> and you just go, oh, well, fuck it, next project. I, I, I lost a lot of money, but had a lot of fun um, modifying turbo Subarus. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I'm now a V-dub Passat old man driver, turbo <laughs> diesel, slow man. <laughs> Hi, guys, first time life. viewer here. Just wanted to ask you, what's your favourite handle materials? Oh, that's an easy one, mate. Um, Pretty much cool. anything that's sold by Peter Cheel or um, Mark Sinclair over in WA. Yeah. Anything Australian, Australian, Australian hardwoods, um, Tassie timbers, Australian, Those, wood, Australian woods, mate. Yeah. Green wood oh, no. mallee, that green, what are they called? Greenstone oh, yeah. mallee. Greenstone mallee. Um, it bullock burl, if you can get your hands on that. The old Bud Garoo, uh, Bud Garoo, I don't know how you say it, but it's Bud something Garoo. like that. Yeah, Ring Gigi um, is my favourite by all far. Like, without a doubt, that yeah, if I have to have one handle to work with, it'll be it. fine. Yep. And and the, the amount of patination and the differences in, in Ring Gigi, uh, it's easy to, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy to work. It has challenges. It, it is, um, it's nice to work though. <clears throat> it's consistent. It doesn't move as much as Burl. <laughs> That's nice. What are you reading? Uh, Jay's. Kev loves hybrid scales best. I thought you were reading somebody said something about his wife loves you again. 
She's no. Out there with me. <laughs> no, the other one I read actually go up a bit. Corey Cunningham, uh, just down from that, a couple down. Oh, yeah, um, well, I'll come back to that one. Yeah, where's the disc grinder demo? I gotta tell you, Corey, every time I use my disc and I'm through about 15 sheets of paper and 10 knives, <laughs> I sit there and I go, fuck, that's right. I need to do a fucking film and demo of how I use this disc. <laughs> and then, and it's like Groundhog Day. Then I'm coming the next day. Shit, forgot to fucking do that demo. Um, I'll use mine it, now. It's coming. It's coming. It'll. it'll I never there. knew how much use I had for a disc running at five to ten hertz. So, oh, it's, well, that's it's changed my whole shop. Um, there was a while ago on there. We're talking about the the. Um, Tico's, what are they, the FM50s, the older units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not supported anymore. They don't have the um, potentiometers and stuff. So you've got to either hack it yourself or what I was hitting you up about, and I can't remember who it was. I'd love to give you credit where it's due, but someone was saying that they did it with the up and down arrows on their VFD. Yeah. So I got in touch with Kyron and said, fuck, you know all these things back to front. Make it work. We just made it work and f6 f7 or whatever the functions were so we set mine was going up and down so if you've got a problem with your disc running fast and slow it's the potentiometer and yeah you can you can easy you can easy hack it anyway yeah um so with yeah. mine though because i only use mine as we're saying like yeah. low i set my lowest speed at 9.6 yeah my maximum speed at 10 and then and i just have the thing cranked right up or crank right down, and there's no, there's no variance. Yeah, but yeah. that was a cool little thing that we did. Uh, but I will do uh, a video because I've got a nice little. Oh, I can't even remember the fucking camera. I just got a nice, cool little camera that does cool things. So I'll, I'll set that up and uh, do a do a video. I'll do it. I I um I just never really realized how much I would use a disc grinder since I've set mine up. I've just loved it, and I, I'm not always. I do a lot of machining and stuff, so sometimes I'm just sanding off the little nub from a from yeah. a from a machining or something, or um, off the lathe. Oh, that's and, it. Uh, burrs and stuff are awesome. Burrs and awesome and delicate. As you can get really crisp edges on square flats and hex flats and things. It's heaps good. Um, no, that was what thickness <laughs> leather is the best for sheets. Matt, I just turned off. Matt, Matt's saying world's best pencil pencil sharpener. Oh, they when are. I'm running, no, when I'm running classes, I'll go around and go right. Now let's get some pencils. I'll just go and use the $1,500 sharpener. Yeah. And I've worked out a technique on, especially on those um, cards. Can we just answer this question and we move on? Three mil. Keep going. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, three mil. Yeah, definitely yep. three mil. Yep. Keep going. Uh, I had some around here, actually. Yeah, that's that's for me new, to test out my new stitcher. Three layers of three mil. Um, yeah, discs, discs, discs are awesome. Uh, Subarus and Liberties. Well, I love the Subarus, but uh, Skyline. Sorry, I love this this Subarus. And my mates were a few of my mates were Skyline fans. One of which um, has uh, an R thirty two GTR Godzilla, and that thing is just a fucking beast. Croydon Motorsports. We got that done in Sydney. Uh, What's this? Great hack with disc arrow. Yeah, no. <laughs> you want variable speed on your on your um your grinder. 
But if you got stuck, like at the very end, you could fluff around because what it take you five minutes, not even five minutes to walk out of the house up to the workshop, set those two settings and test it and come back. So you yeah. could set it at that. You could go around and change your up. I even got off the lounge to go and get the settings for you. I remember doing that. That's yeah. how nice. <laughs> and then when you did it, I thought, oh, fuck, I better go up and set this up now. <laughs> yeah, well, make sure it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, here we go. We've been rambling shit for a, a while oh, it's now. Oh, already. Look at that. Yeah. It's probably time. Um, I've yeah. Look, no, I've got to go drop some ear, more eardrops in the old noggin. All right. Clear out well, the rest of it. guys, um, the the situation is uh, a lot of people are in lockdown and and just um, just want to remind everyone to stay calm. And just as Kevin and I were saying, I don't know if we said it on the podcast, we said it before. We just just worry about things you can control and anything that goes wrong at the moment, just roll with it. Just roll with it. And I know it's easier to say than do, but oh man, but you just I, I, I struggled long time, just stress and full on anxiety and shit going on about stuff I couldn't control. I really have to take a step back and just go, Adam, I, I can't I can't control this shit. So it's working. I still stress about it, but just not as much. And I don't get onto the fucking news as often all that sort of stuff. Uh... <clears throat> yeah, I'd be using fucking hell, Ryan. I don't know if you've been serious or not, but I'd be using an oxy, mate. Get a fucking oxy. Do it with an oxy. Yeah. I'm not even going to give that the time. I, just, I looked at the right. I looked at the the thing first. Like, He's hanging around Chad right. Smith too much. That's the problem. Yeah, come yeah, on. That's right. the SG two influence. Yeah, I've got a big show yeah. that here to work on too. Give him my regards if you speak to him, Ryan, by the way. Yes. Haven't same. seen him for ages. Yeah. Oh, Daddy Chads. Chatty yeah. Daddy. I like Chad. Hello, everyone. Yeah, uh, take it easy. Yep. Don't be sad. Don't yeah, be sad. Yeah, down there. Hey, the other thing, sorry, the other thing is, particularly this when you've got lockdowns and shit going on, give, yeah. give, someone, give someone a call. Give one of your mates a call. Yeah, do it. I've do had a few good conversations. I've run Kev at least. I've run Kev at least three <laughs> times. Never taken <laughs> yeah. a call. I was walking the dog and deaf. I couldn't. I sorry, I couldn't oh, get to the call. I'm walking yeah. my dog. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. But I had a good conversation with McSticker. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Not I me. To Carlos a bit. Not um, me. Anthony Kittle. I haven't spoken to him in person for a little while, but just just ring, you know. And yeah, just have a bit yeah, of a ring. Give your mate a ring and have a good chat. Nice. I had a good chat with Matty Snape the other night. He reached out to me. Oh, that was how good. could you have a good how could you have a good chat with Matt Snape? Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's all right. He's all right. Now nah, think of your mates and give them a buzz and have a chat with them and make sure everyone's going all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Bye, right, everyone. Bye.